Okay, we're in the second epistle of John. And we'll begin by reading the chapter and then come back and with comment. The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace, from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after the, his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He hath he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face, that our joy may be full. The children of the elect sister greet thee. Amen. Well, it's a very interesting chapter, no doubt, as we look at it. Uh, the date of the writing is uh, around 90 to 95 A.D., and, of course, it is written by... Um, John the Apostle, the same as wrote the Gospel of John, and the same as wrote the book of Revelation. And uh, so we find that there are several different um, views on this uh, particular epistle. Um, along with Third John, this short note is all we have of the communication, if you will, the personal communication or correspondence of uh, one of the early saints, the Apostle John, sometimes as Christians, um, well, sometimes as Christians, uh, are concerned about how to speak to one another throughout the writing. We find that John uses a practical way. He addresses uh, this person as the elect lady. Now, this was probably a house church ministry. 
as we know that the early church uh, was involved in house churches the, by this time there may have been a few churches that were more congregational oriented uh, like, a, like the church that we might have today with a group of people coming to a building uh, but there was a lot of house churches as well and this may have been such a church uh, a house church the reason why the personal aspect of the epistle addresses the elect lady or an, a lady who is part of the elect of God um, and so we find that uh, though this this is uh, a little bit different than our usual addressing of someone yet we find it involves a personal communication and some of the things about this particular uh, epistle are important for us to take note uh, first of all we note here that John does encourage the uh, members uh, as it were of this house church speaking to writing to this elect lady he encourages them in the truth you find the word truth being used in verse 1 in verse 2 in verse 3 in verse 4 and so he uses that word uh, more than once uh, we also find uh, the admonition to love one another as uh, that is an important part of any church fellowship is to love one another and we find that he encourages uh, them to be on their guard against those who would be considered antichrist or those who are against the Lord Jesus Christ and do not preach the truth concerning Christ or even that he is the Christ and so we find that uh, the doctrine of Christ is also in view here the preservation of the doctrine of Christ and so we find that this um, um, if you will the background of this epistle may be kind of viewed as a letter to one of the smaller fellowships within somebody's house or a congregation that meets together in somebody's home and it is to guard against false teaching and it is to encourage in relationship to the faith being true to the faith and looking to God uh, and not being as it were overtaken by some erroneous teaching let's look at some of these verses here then uh, we'll begin with verse 1 through 3 this is the uh, introduction or the salutation or you may even call it an invocation and uh, we says the elect lady or the, the elder unto the elect lady and her children whom I love in the truth and not only not I only but also all they that have known the truth and so um, 
as he introduces himself, as John introduces himself as an elder, um, one might say, is this an office that he's talking about, or is this just referring to his age? Well, it could be both, because if it's written by 90 or 95 AD, he would have been quite an old man by this time. And, of course, John was a bishop himself. Um, He was a pastor. And so both uh, things are true. So the elder unto the elect lady and her children uh, or her household or those who reside there in faith or in truth. Uh, And so he says, whom I love in the truth. We find this word truth being used, as I said several times here. And uh, truth then is an important part of our fellowship. When we come together, truth is one of the things we want to preserve. And as Christians, we always desire to know more about the truth of the Word of God. Uh, so truth is an, is an important uh, part of this greeting that he brings. He says, For the truth's sake, in verse 2, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. And of course we know Jesus is called the way, the truth, and the life. And so this is an eternal principle that he brings up here. Truth uh, among the fellowship of or the household of the elect lady and her children, uh, those who dwell there with her, those who meet there with her, truth as far as uh, the gospel of Christ, and he says eternal truth. Uh, because these things... Um, build the relationship that we have with God. And they are those things, of course, which are to be known in the fellowship of any church. Truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with you for forever. And so this becomes an important uh, beginning theme that uh, John relates here in a very personal epistle. Verse 3, he mentions this threefold aspect of God's uh, blessing that he gives. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. So here is the the uh, uh, gospel trio, if you will, of blessing, which comes with the truth. Grace, mercy, and peace. These come with the truth. When we know the truth, we know the grace of God. For by grace are you saved. So we, because of the truth of the word of God, we know what grace is. Because of the truth of the grace of God we know what mercy is because mercy is extended to us. Instead of judgment for our sins, we find forgiveness is extended to us. Mercy is extended to us. And so we have have this blessing of grace, we have this blessing of mercy, and he also mentioned this blessing of peace. And so we cannot have peace without knowing the grace and mercy of God. And so he mentions this threefold 
aspect, if you will, of the benefits of knowing the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth which is forever, the truth which is of the gospel, the truth which leads us into love and loving one another. So in verse 3 again, grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father, notice the, the uh, Godhead, God the Father, and from Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father. Now this phrase is considered to be an unusual phrase, the Son of the Father. You don't find that phrase being used too much. And so it is an unusual way that John um, introduced uh, this uh, aspect of the Godhood. God the Father and God the Son. Um, the Son of the Father. Instead of saying the only begotten of the Father, he says the Son of the Father. Uh, so this is a, an unusual way that he does this. But it is true, of course, and it underscores the deity of Christ because he is the son of the father so it underscores the deity of Christ which also underscores the truth of the word of God right so uh, the son of the father in truth and love in truth and love and of course love is a basic principle and um, certainly a attribute of God that God is love. And so, love is not God, but God is love, which, which says that God possesses the attribute of love. God possesses that attribute. You know, many people today, you know, they, they like to express, well, God is, must be a God of love. He, he's, he is love. God is love. But uh, they forget to uh, really... Uh, re recognize that this attribute uh, is one which God possesses and uh, man's love has nothing to do with that attribute. Um, it is truly an attribute only of God. Because of God's love we have the truth. Because of God's love he sent his only begotten son into the world. Because of God's love Christ died for our sins and went to the cross. Uh, all which belongs to truth uh, is connected to the love of God. And then we go on uh, in the passage here in verse 4, and uh, he talks about truth um, in a, um, a larger and more expanded way uh, as it relates to uh, the elect lady and her children, and of course as it relates to the church of Jesus Christ, relates to us. He says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth. Of thy children walking in truth. And so um, this uh, aspect of the children that he mentions here, it's mentioned again in verse 13 by the way, the children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. Um, it is thought, perhaps, that these were sister fellowships. You know, sometimes we refer to churches as sister churches. 
like for instance this church and the Falls Church we refer to as sister churches because we are of the same faith same fellowship and the same people attend both churches um, and uh, so we're in a good relation one to another in the family of God we call them we call them sister churches this may be a similar situation this may be house churches and that John heard of the church and wanted to write to the church to the elect lady of this church uh, and the people who were fellowshipping with her and that this uh, other church where John uh, perhaps is uh, relating to here uh, is also in fellowship in some way although we aren't told very much about it at all we're just told that their children of the elect sister greet thee so they're part of the greeting to the elect lady and her children those fellowshipping there Um, and so that's a possible explanation of that so back to verse 4 he says he rejoiced greatly so here is uh, something that pastors look to in fellowships we look to rejoice in the fellowship of the children of God of the believers Um, we rejoice together with one another in like faith in the truth in Christ and, uh, and what does he say? He says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth, and we have received a commandment as we have received a commandment from the Father. So he ties together these important aspects of, of um, the, the church, the fellowship, of the truth, and of their relationship to God the Father and God the Son, and he ties them all together in his communication. And he he lays this out as a a means of uh, blessing them and encouraging them, because he's rejoicing about this. In verse 5, And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. So this seems to be one of the first principles that he wants to use to encourage the elect lady and her children. The truth which abides in us and will be with us forever is the truth whereby we find that we are to love one another. The same truth. It is uh, a means of encouragement. So uh, we are to be encouraged in this, in this truth, to love one another. In verse 6, And this is love that we walk after his commandments. So we are to love one another, and we are to be obedient in the truth. We are to walk after the commandments of God. <clears throat> And that means we are to obey them. We are to do them. Uh, and remember, he is, he is rejoicing over this. He's rejoicing greatly that they love the truth, that they love one another, that they are obeying the commandments of God, and uh, that um, these commandments are, are part of that um, body of believers there um, in her house. This is, a command, this is the commandment that as ye have heard 
from the beginning ye should walk in it. Ye should walk in it. So we find that um, um, he encourages them in these areas. And there's basically three areas that we're trying to um, expose here. The three areas. One, they love one another. Two, they are walking in the commandments of God. And the third is that they are true to the doctrines of Christ. They're true to the doctrines of Christ. So when you look at verse 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess that Jesus Christ is come is not come in the flesh. Confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So here he is beginning to bring in the doctrinal aspect. And of course he is trying to underscore uh, to the elect lady and her children um, that fellowship. He's trying to underscore the doctrine of Christ. That many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And he says this is a deceiver and an antichrist. He says in verse 8, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Now what is, uh, what is it that he is afraid that they might lose? Uh, it would be the truth. Because the truth is the most important thing um, for the church and for the fellowship of the believers. We don't want to lose the truth. Uh, the truth of the Word of God. And, of course, in, the, in that truth, there is much to encourage us because it, it embodies the doctrines of Christ, embodies who Jesus Christ is. It embodies the incarnation. Um, notice when he says here that um, who confess not, verse 7, who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh, that's referring to the incarnation right there. That's the referring to the, the coming of Christ as the incarnate Son of God. And of course, a, a deceiver or an antichrist does not believe that. They never believe it. Um, and you will, you will note that because they, they believe Jesus is, is not truly God. They might believe he's a good teacher. They might believe he's a great prophet. They might believe he's a moral teacher. Uh, they might believe a lot of things. They might say, oh, I believe in Jesus. They might even say that. But when you nail them right down to the, to the, the truth of the matter, they don't believe he's the incarnate of God. And, and that's, the, that's the whole crux of the matter right there. If they don't believe that Jesus is the true Christ, the incarnate of God, then they don't believe he is God. Um, and so the Jehovah Witnesses do not believe that he is God. They even have it in their Bible, a God, not God, a God. Um, and of course, um, you know, any kind of false teaching follows suit in the same way. He says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is an Antichrist. It doesn't say that it is the Antichrist. It says it is an Antichrist. Because there are many people, or many groups, or many individuals 
who might espouse such a doctrine that they do not believe that Jesus is the incarnate of God. And so um, what does this tell us? That we have to keep on our guard to listen, to watch, and to know the truth ourselves, that we will not um, be misinformed by what people say. Because they can, they can say things and we might not catch it. You might say, oh, that sounds pretty good. They sound pretty good. But uh, that's why we're supposed to know the doctrines of Christ. So we will know the difference between just something that sounds good and something that is really the truth. Uh, we have to know the truth. And he says, um, a deceiver, a deceiver is an antichrist. And so that's pretty strong language here. Uh, Verse 8, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought. Well, of course, John is talking as an apostle, no doubt, uh, that things that he has learned, things that he has seen, uh, things he has taught, uh, things he has learned, but not only him. um, In the plural sense, he says we, he says we, all of us, all of us, uh, we do not want to lose the truth. We do not want to lose that body of information which God has given to us by inspiration. Uh, We want to maintain that truth, he says. So we, which we have wrought, that we, but that we receive a full reward. Now here, um, there is a sense that he's, he's hinting that if someone is led astray, perhaps their reward will be affected. Um, and we should recognize that that is true to some degree. That if we are led astray into, into error, then we will be in some way lacking. Uh, we certainly won't be following the truth. We'll be following some deception, some seduction, um, and um, I think it was Dave Hunt that uh, wrote the book, recent, not, not recently, but quite a few years ago now, uh, concerning the seduction of the church and how the church is being seduced by uh, false teachings. And most of this false teaching is coming from the East, that is from Eastern countries, is coming through various uh, false teachings, philosophies, and various isms, um, and uh, mystical beliefs. Uh, That's where these seductions come from. Um, And uh, East is uh, is shipping all of their teachings in in this direction. Right now, Buddhism is a big thing in the United States. And you will find that there will be many people who will be doing this on television. And you will see them, one to another, doing this. This little Buddhism sign. And it is because that they are making recognition of Buddhism to the people that they are talking to. Watch, and you will see it. It's everywhere. And you will see in the background of the commercials a little Buddhist statue, or some other Eastern or mystical statue. You will see the medical um, uh, medical groups and organizations doing all kinds of Eastern practices and mind meditations and so forth. 
You will see all, all these kinds of things going on. You will see yoga being practiced as an exercise, but it is not simply an exercise. Many do much more with it than simply practice it as a means of stretching or exercise. And there's a, this is just the beginning of it, of course. There is lots of out-and-out out New Age kinds of beliefs out there. And there are a lot of naturalistic beliefs out there. There are a lot of aboriginal beliefs out there in the world. Uh, and various kinds of spiritisms which are being influenced upon people. All of these things are there. You just have to watch and you will see them. Keep your eyes open and listen. <clears throat> and when you do not see the truth and people are teaching something or saying something and it does not present the truth of the Word of God, then you know immediately it is a deception. It is a deceiver. And it is not the truth. And uh, people are being influenced by it. So don't be influenced yourself. And so verse 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. Now here he comes right out and says it. We've been talking about truth. We've been talking about doctrine. We've been talking about keeping the, the commandment of God to love one another and uh, to obey the commands of the Lord Jesus. And here he says it. He says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ. That is, if, if, you're, if you're being led astray and you transgress, that's just, just the same as if you know it and you somehow stray from it. If you transgress against the doctrine of Christ, um, then that's, that's a bad thing. And of course there are many who, who do not believe the doctrine of Christ altogether. And they are antichrist. So, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Now, here is the union. Here is the union that we have as believers. As believers, we have the union of Christ in us and we have the union with the Father. Because our union with the Father is made possible because of Christ. That's where our union with the Father comes in, is because of Christ. And so if we, have the, if we know the doctrines of Christ, if we are being true to the doctrines of Christ, we not only have God in us, but we abide in the doctrine of Christ, in the teachings of Christ. He, that, he hath both the Father and the Son. And so we have the Father and the Son. That's why we can pray. As we know, Pastor Bowes, going through the book of Hebrews, tells us all about how that, that the, the Lord is our great high priest. He is our advocate with the Father. He is our mediator unto God. And that Christ dwells in us. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 27. Christ dwells in us. The Spirit of God is in us. He is the Comforter that is in us. John chapter 14. We have the Spirit of God in us. He is that holy unction in us. Second John 2.20 And we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We have, not, we have God the Father. We have God the Son. We have God the Holy Spirit in us because 
of the truth, of the truth, which we have learned and believe, and which has uh, truly changed our hearts and lives. And uh, we want to be careful to guard uh, that that uh, is not somehow uh, changed by by uh, a, de- a deceiver, by a deceiver. Uh, he's, he's not saying here that you can lose your salvation. He is saying guard against these things that your salvation will remain intact and the truth that you know will remain intact. He says guard against these things. <clears throat> so uh, he mentions the mark of the deceiver and the mark of an antichrist. In verse 10, if there come any unto you that and bring not this doctrine, the doctrine of Christ, he uses the word a second time, um, if, there is, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your home, into your house. Receive him not into house. The word your is supplied. So if you read it, receive him not into house. It's the correct reading too. Uh, don't, don't, allow, don't allow people to come in who teach false teaching. Don't allow them in. Because it is, it is not good for you to do so. Uh, neither bid him Godspeed. Do not confer any blessing upon such a person by letting that person come into your house. Now, it's in, that, in that sense, it's like saying you're inviting them in so they can share their false teachings with you. It's not so much that uh, um, it, somebody walked through your door and, and walked out the other side of something. Um, no, it's, it's, the, it's the sense of inviting them in to give you uh, this, tr- this false truth or deceptive truth that they have. And you don't want to do that because it's like conferring a blessing upon what they're saying. That's like saying you agree with it in some sense. He says, For he that abideth, for he that bideth, abideth him, God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. See, if you confer any blessing upon such a person, you, you're like saying, I agree with you. I agree with them. And you don't want to do that. Uh, because that's kind of, that's turning your back against the truth. Um, and, and you don't want to do that. And then he begins to bring some words of conclusion here. This is only just a short epistle, of course. He says, Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink. Obviously, he did write, but he wanted to say more than this. So he says, But I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. And so he says, Uh, This isn't sufficient. This is just a brief note. I'm writing to you a personal note uh, that I want to share these things with you. I want to come and talk with you in person and uh, and with your your family, as it were, your church family. He says. Then he says, the children of the elect sister greet thee. And so this is the phrase which is somewhat. um, We don't know exactly what he means by that except to say that it may be a sister fellowship of people. 
understanding these these little groups of people often met in houses and fellowship together and so they communicated back and forth um, and uh, that he closes upon this thought that the children of the elect sister greet thee not the elect lady the elect sister the elect fellowship another fellowship greet you and then he closes and says amen but the, just to highlight the important points of the chapter, it is this. He encourages them in the truth. He rejoices with them in the truth. He confers a blessing from God upon them of grace, mercy, and peace. He tells them to beware of deceivers. He tells them to remember that a deceiver does not believe in the incarnate Christ. He tells them that they should remain true to the word of God and the truth of God's word and not to invite any such people into their homes. Now, if you had a, if you had a house church, if you were meeting in your home on a regular basis, you might have a little small group of people that was coming every single week to your home and you would be a close fellowship, you see. You wouldn't want let you want, wouldn't want to let anybody to infiltrate your little home, or or your house or your fellowship, would you? Because they would cause a, an upset in in the what you were teaching, what you were saying, the truth of the word of God. Uh, if somebody came in who was who began to say something like, "Oh well, Jesus really wasn't the incarnate," you know that the deity of Christ isn't isn't really true. He was just a good teacher. Now that would cause a big problem in your little fellowship, you see, and you wouldn't want that. And so John says, "Beware! Don't let anybody come in. If you do, you are like saying that you agree with them, and you you would be conferring a blessing upon them." And that is not good, and that would be detrimental to your reward, he says. It would be, it would be detrimental to your reward as a believer uh, in Christ. Let us pray. Loving Father, we do thank you for these things tonight. Encourage us, Lord, that we remain truthful. Encourage us that we remain true to the doctrines of Christ. Encourage us that we rejoice together with others in the truth. Encourage us, Lord, that we love one another and that our little remnant fellowship is one that can be blessed of you and preserved of you as we remain truthful to the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen.